Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. You are listening to a pro wrestling show. And it is the week of WrestleMania. Now, originally, this was meant to be the week when I was going to return to Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash Simon316. But instead, my body decided to fight me, essentially. And I have a broken hand and I have a stomach virus. And this is the first week where I've actually been back to normality. So trying to catch up on emails and everything else has become my priority. But soon, very soon, maybe we'll do it like WWE does it. They treat, um, <clears throat> excuse me. WrestleMania as a the season finale so maybe I'll treat this as my season finale and then we'll start afresh and we'll be back on Twitch soon uh, something I want to get back to absolutely but you will have to uh, forgive me and thank you everybody for your patience I do appreciate it this is the problem when you are a so-called content creator as I'm often referred to when you get struck down but you've still got to kind of keep fighting away to make your money you do what you can do, and this is the best that I can do. But again, I am very, very sorry. But thank you to everyone that did support me on Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. You had very kind words, and that does mean a lot to me. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel as well. Shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the show. I appreciate them too. And no matter what kind of podcast app you're on, if you can engage with it, help the algorithm, give it five stars, leave it a review. Don't even care what you say. If you want to say, this guy's a bald a-hole and I hate him, that's fine. <laughs> as long as you write in that box, all is well and good. So WrestleMania 37 is happening in the next couple of days. I'm hoping to get this up on either late Thursday or early Friday. I think it's fair to say the build hasn't been the most exciting when it comes to WrestleMania. I think the fact that we have fans is the real joy with all of this. I mean, uh, when I watched the Hall of Fame this week, which I thought was fine, but one of my main takeaways was absolutely that I'm just a bit bored of the Thunderdome. It's different when you've got the Raw and SmackDown roaming sets, you know, going to LA and New York and Chicago or whatever, because you get a different set of fans each time. And sure, sometimes they can be good and sometimes they can be bad. But it just made me realize that Thunderdome atmosphere, and it's not WWE's fault by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just become a bit stale for me. Because, of course, we have our audio buttons and we control it. I miss that. I hate the word, but the organic and the visceral nature and the, the true reaction of a human being... Uh, well, yeah, basically reacting to what they're to what they're seeing. So yeah, it did really make me think that the most thing I want to see the most, <laughs> what a sentence that was, is just people in the crowd. And I get it; it's a big, what, seventy thousand seat stadium. It's got an open roof. I don't even know how much noise twenty five thousand people can make, but it's still going to, you know, everything in in comparison, it's still going to sound a lot louder and a lot more uh, natural to what we have now. And I think I've missed that. I think a lot of people have missed that with wrestling. And as we slowly, hopefully. Uh, move back to normality if that could return i would i would appreciate it i mean a year ago how crazy is this 12 months ago not only were we getting ready for wrestlemania 36 going how the hell are we going to do wrestlemania from a from a box in florida but i was meant to be out in florida getting ready for my match with sammy callahan and it was going to be a what culture death match i'll let you into it because you're nice people and you listen to my show there was going to be thumbtacks and tables and barbed wire and everything like that i was going to do a true uh, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, or Mick Foley, Randy Orton, Cactus Jack, Triple H. You know, one of those matches like, man, I need to put myself on the map, brother. <laughs> so I'm going to do a hardcore fight and put the gifts on Twitter. And it got canned. And lots of people always ask me, Simon, you know, are you going to be able to do it? And I hope so. But we don't know what the future holds. You know, I, I don't even know when 
uh, wrestling over this country is going to start again. I do have bookings for later in the year. I will tell you this. I do have bookings for later in the year. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on my Twitter at Simon316. Instagram is the same. If you do want to come see me wrestle, and man, I don't know how good or bad I'm going to be, given I just had 12 months off and I was still a work in progress, you will be able to do that soon. But as for WrestleMania 37, over two nights, of course, uh, we will do night one and then night two because that makes sense. I have now convinced myself that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are going to headline for the SmackDown women's title. And I think we should do that because it's bigger than... You know, it would do twofold, right? Firstly, it's only the second time women have made a bit at WrestleMania. And it's great that we're doing it again because the more we do it, the more nor- normal it becomes. I hate that word, but you know what I mean. The more regular it becomes. And then we shouldn't have to push for it as we do at the moment. It should just be, well, what match deserves to be put in that position? Okay, it's that one. We'll put it there. But until we get there, you have to force the point. Of course you do. But also... You know, it's two African-American women in that position, which is even more important. Representation in the wrestling business is, well, like all walks of life, like any industry, is incredibly important and incredibly imperative. And I just think it would send such a wholesome message, especially to kids out there about what you can, you know, what you should be trying to achieve. And also, you know, WrestleMania 37 should be a match where, or should be a card that you feel warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum when all said and done. And if they put on the kind of match that, I believe they can have. And admittedly, the bill, the bill hasn't been the bill. The build hasn't been that great. But if they can put on the kind of match that I think they can have, and Bianca Belair wins, not only to claim her first women's championship, but also kind of cement herself as a star, and this is exactly the same for Oscar and Rhea Ripley that we'll talk about later. I just think that helps everybody all around. Like Sasha Banks is a flipping you know, she she is almost transcended given that she was in The Mandalorian. So you can kind of do whatever you want with her in wrestling at the moment. She's got the character. She's got the talent. She has the, the star power, right? So you can always move her back into the position. And Bianca Belair is probably like a rung or two below her. But that's only because she's only just been brought up to the main roster. But if you're going to win the Royal Rumble and main event the first night of WrestleMania, you have to win the championship. And I think it would be the best story, the best narrative. And I think it would be a moment. I truly do. If they have the match that I know they're capable of, again... Not tying this into all the stuff that's happened on SmackDown recently. Why the hell we're so obsessed with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the tag team champions, being involved in all these singles championships? I don't know. I really hope when we do kick off the season again, that's something that we can do without because it's just it's just absolutely worn me out. But on the flip side, uh, talking about night one, it's I think that we're going to get Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre for the WWE title as our first match. But that's equally, not equally important given all the parameters, but in terms of that night, it is equally important because you like to hope that whoever comes out first is going to get a massive reaction because fans are just desperate to cheer and enjoy the WWE universe. And who deserves that more than Drew? Same with Bobby Lashley, but just a bit more with Drew because he had to win a flipping title, his first ever world title, in a warehouse against Brock Lesnar and then essentially over the last 12 months hasn't had one real peep. (laughs) Maybe he comes, I guess, booed. (laughs) Maybe it turns out everybody hates Drew McIntyre. We don't actually have a clue. And it is a shame because I would like to see it on Bobby Lashley for a little bit longer. So in many ways, it's, I mean, wrong place, wrong time seems a little bit harsh, but that's what it is. You know, it, it, it is just wrong place, wrong time. But, you know, he's had his first run and everyone says that's always the hardest one. But when you've made it, you can always make it again. So I assume Drew McIntyre will win. But then I hope on the flip side to that, 
Bobby Lashley does get another run at some point, even if he beats Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam, or whatever. I don't know if I want that feud to go on for that long, but I hope he gets another run sort of in the middle of the year so he can cement himself as a world champion because he has done great. I don't agree with anything we've done with the Hurt business. And there's this sort of fantasy booking going around where it's like, oh, maybe it's all a ruse and Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin will help out Bobby Lashley. I'd love that to be true. And I'd love it to be like a Survivor Series 1998 scenario. I can't see it. I think Drew McIntyre will win. I think there'll probably be a rematch at Money in the Bank or Backlash, depending on which way around those pay-per-views are. MVP, I'm sure, will get booted in the face. Uh, but I'm never going to be disappointed with Drew McIntyre winning a title, given what he's done. Also, a three-time WWE champion. Who would have thought that when he got kicked out of 3MB? Uh, we're also getting Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. It is what it is. I've got no problem with Bad Bunny being in this match. I did a tweet the other day, again, cheap plug, at Simon316. And I said, it's a real shame that at the moment, Bailey isn't on the card. And of course, I'm recording this before SmackDown, so there's every chance something happens. Still not great, because I don't think you want to be making matches at WrestleMania at that last minute. But I don't like this re the response that I get where people go, yeah, it sucks because Bad Bunny's on it. I'm not asking anyone to be removed from the card. I'm just saying, as a Bailey fan, I would like to see her on the card. Now, Bad Bunny brings something to WWE. He's not the first celebrity to ever do it. If he was the first and you could show me all these metrics that prove it was a waste of time, okay. But he's not. This is what we do at WrestleMania. And compared to a lot of people that have been on the show, he's been going to the Performance Center every day. He's trying to get better. He respects it. He cares. Let the man have his moment. Who here listening now will get a phone call for Vincent Mann? Hey, pal, want to be at WrestleMania? And go, oh, no, because you haven't put the, you know, insert favorite wrestler here on the show. Of course you wouldn't. You jump at the opportunity. And that's what he is doing. And you get this bizarre arguments too. Where <laughs> people go, well, he's only doing it because he can't tour. So what? <laughs> he's, he's not touring. He's not allowed to tour. So if he wants to go live another one of his dreams, more power to him. I envy him. I'm jealous of him in a good way. I'd love to be living those kind of a dreams. And also, he's not even the most important part of this match. The most important part of this match, and maybe this is another problem when you team up with a celebrity because you get overshadowed, is Damian Priest. That's why Bad Bunny and Damian Priest have to win. Damian Priest has a massive upside. He's actually done quite decent on the main roster, but we all know how quickly that can change. Also, the Miz and John Morrison always lose. You can do whatever you want with those guys. But Damian Priest, Priest needs a great performance here. And he needs to come out the other side and probably go after the United States title or something like that. Really put himself in the championship picture. I genuinely think he could be a contender for a Bobby Lashley or a Drew McIntyre this year. If depending on his heel or face and depending the kind of momentum that you can get him. That's how, that's how good I think he is. Uh, but yeah, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest have got to win. But Damien Priest has to get the pin. Like Bad Bunny can attack the Miz. Damien Priest can give the hit the lights to John Morrison. One, two, three. All is said and done. Fun and games all round. Uh, I'm also excited about the tag team match, Raw Tag Team Championships, New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. I seem to be the only one, but I was also the only one that liked Game Night. I'm not saying it was a good segment. I'm saying that they made it very entertaining because they're morons. Like, it, it just made me laugh. And if I laugh, then I'm having, I'm having a good time. I actually think we'll get another title change here. So, so far on night one, I'm changing every single title, which now I've said out loud, thinks, well, maybe we won't do that. But the commentators on Raw were just so keen to tell us that AJ Styles hasn't won in ages. AJ Styles hasn't won in ages. Oh, AJ Styles, what an absolute loser. That makes me think, that's twofold as well, because do you want Omos to have his first match and then lose? I don't think so. And the New Day are Teflon. You know, they can, you can lose the championships off there, but it doesn't really make a difference. They'll be a, a great tag team forevermore, no matter what you do. And I just, I just, it all depends how Omos performs. But I like Omos. I've warmed to him. And he's such a tall guy. He doesn't need to do much. You know, visually, he's got it all going on. 
I just think it would make sense to change the titles here and see what we're going to do. Unless the plan is to break up Styles and Omos, and that could very well be the plan because WWE loves to do that. But it just seems too soon. It was too soon for the Hurt Business. So I'd be all right with a title change here. And I hope Omos has a really good showing. I don't know why I've warmed to the dude. I just have. I like him. And Triple H put him over quite strong in the conference call. So he's better than we are expecting. And hell yeah. I hope that he is. I would never try and crap on anyone. I don't understand that attitude either. I hope he sucks. Why? What different? The only uh, thing that brings to your life is you have to watch a bad match. Why would you want to watch a bad match? Also getting this tag team turmoil madness. The women's tag team scene has become, it just feels like it's regressed a little bit. And it's, no, it's not the fault of anybody that's in the match. It's just they're not being given any time. And why we've squeezed it over two nights, I don't get either. But on night one, we are going to get Lana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and no one mean and Tamina. I'm pretty sure Carmella and Becky, no, um, uh, damn it, her name's escaped me now. Billy Kay are a team, so they're going to go in. But I'm going with this stupid theory that's going around the internet because I quite like it. Charlotte Flair and Bailey will be a surprise team here and they will win. So they'll go on to face Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax the next day. One, two, three, all was said and done. You know what? I'm fine with this. <laughs> I'm fine with it. The whole thing is just... It's just mad. I don't understand how Lena, uh, Lana, uh, Lana and Nomi or Dana, Brooke and Mandy Rose can ever be. I mean, it's the same with Apollo Crews later. But they've just lost and lost and lost and lost and lost. And then the Riot Squad just popped up from nowhere. Surely this should just be Nia Jax and Shayna versus Natalia and Tamina, no one meaner. At least that has sense. But I'm going to go with Charlotte and Bailey winning the whole thing. And we have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, uh, along with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. One, two of my most anticipated matches on the whole show build silly again i don't want to be swung well i want to swing you let's have a fight but this is kind of sums up the the premise for this this wrestlemania the build not so hot the match is absolutely on fire cesaro's first ever wrestlemania match so he'll go all out seth Rollins doesn't have bad matches no matter what you think about his character i think they'll both have bees in their bonnet to try and steal the show and they very well could do it and cesaro should win as well i don't want this to be we're finally doing something with Cesaro, but he doesn't win his big match. That's ridiculous. Seth Rollins can suffer a loss. He's a snivelly, you know, whiny heel. So it will only sort of empower him to come out and do dumb stuff. But if Cesaro loses here, I kind of feel like we take a few steps back and I don't want to do that. Let's just give him a go. Okay, maybe it doesn't work. And we all go, oh, that was silly. Why do we get behind him for so long? But let's at least damn well try. And I have a feeling he's going to surprise us. And Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. It's... I don't want to be too negative because there's every chance this is being done for kids. It's true. Lots of children watch wrestling and maybe WWE wanted a storyline for that. But I am not a kid. <laughs> and I just don't care. I don't care about Braun versus Brains. I think that's a stupid tagline. Shane McMahon calling Braun Strowman stupid over and over. Doesn't make me feel sorry for Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman all of a sudden saying he's going to defend every bullied kid in the world just makes me go, well, that's not true because you've never done this. It, I'm not saying they haven't done, you know, Braun didn't do well in his role. Nothing to do with that. But it didn't resonate as I think it was meant to. And I was just a bit like, meh. I, just, I can't. I mean, Shane McMahon would jump off the cage. If he wins, that will be ridiculous because he will go away eventually. And Braun needs something. My word does Braun need something. He's kind of been lost ever since he lost the Universal title. And even then, it wasn't the greatest run or that swamp match with, uh, with Bray Wyatt. 
But I'm sure, I, I'm not saying it's not going to be entertaining because again, Shane McMahon will try and kill himself because he's nuts and Braun Strowman is a great, well, he's a big guy, right? So he's great to post off. So you can probably do some, some, some crazy, crazy things. But out of all the matches we have over both nights, if I miss this one, which I won't because my job is to up those downs or what culture wrestling, make sure you subscribe. Two million subscribers we hit today. How nuts is that? Two million subscribers. So yeah, that's uh, crazy, crazy numbers. But yeah, if I missed this one, I don't think I would have missed out, but I do believe Braun will win. Moving into night two, we've already talked about the Women's Tag Team Championship, so we'll skip past that. Riddle versus Sheamus is an interesting one. Who was I talking about a minute ago that I said Damian Priest? I'm now thinking Sheamus should win, and we should do Sheamus versus Damian Priest. Originally, I wanted Mustafa Ali, and I still want Mustafa Ali, because they had that interaction on Raw. But I like the idea of Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship. I think that sounds fun. If, of course, he beats Matt Riddle. And if you had asked me again a few weeks ago, do I think that's going to happen? I would have said yes, because Sheamus had loads of momentum. But now I'm not actually so sure, simply because all the rumors insinuate that Vince McMahon loves Matt Riddle. So there's every chance he wakes up and just goes, man, we need to, we need to protect this guy because I like him and he entertains me. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very, very intriguing to say the least. I hope Sheamus does win. I think all the stuff he's done with Drew McIntyre and how he's kind of revamped his character, I think a title would really would really help him. And Riddle does make me laugh in spite of myself, but I kind of feel like the character-wise, it would be better on Sheamus. So I'm going to go with him. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Don't even care that Logan Paul's in the corner. I'm just going to utterly ignore him. This is just brilliant. I mean, if you've been watching wrestling a long ass time and you know these guys from the indie scene, you get their chemistry, you get the history, you get how much this means to them. It's got to be like a dream come true. And even if you only know, their, only know their WWE past, they've still had some absolute bangers. I really do think, like I say, this and Cesaro and Seth Rollins could be really, really special matches, depending on what WWE allows them to do and the time they give them. But I am so excited about it. Like, I truly am. And I don't even care who wins. It's one of those, whoever wins, I win. Because Kevin Owens beats Sami Zayn makes perfect sense. Maybe gives Logan Paul a stunner or maybe Logan Paul attacks Sami Zayn because they fell out on SmackDown. And if Sami Zayn wins, awesome. Sami Zayn never wins. He deserves he deserves a win every now and then. And I suppose if we don't get the conspiracy documentary, the whole thing, or at least a snippet of it on uh, SmackDown, then maybe you do it after WrestleMania to kind of tie into this. But I will go for Kevin Owens. I suppose Logan Paul probably isn't coming in to get stunned just because, you know, celebrities do have an ego, and he certainly does too, so I'm sure he'll attack Sami Zayn. Maybe give Sami Zayn a stunner, which would be a little bit difficult, but yeah, this is going to be fire. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens. Big E versus Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental Championship. As I have said time and time again, I have it on very good authority that all these ideas are coming from Apollo Crews, and if that is true, then we can't say anything. He's allowed to make that kind of uh, a decision. So... That's it. That, 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 that's as far as it goes. However, <laughs> I don't know what a drum fight is. An Idrarian drum fight. I'm sure we could find out on SmackDown again. I'm, I'm recording this beforehand. But it's just going to be a fancy name for a street fight, <laughs> I would presume. So, I don't know. This comes down to the performers again. I think Biggie is so damn good. And I think Apollo Crews is so damn good that I'm so pleased they get to showcase this on such a grand stage. But that's not really, that's, me, that's kind of me watching it as a meta fan, as opposed to a fan like, I really want this guy to win, or I want that guy to win. And Apollo Crews has no justification for doing this. I think he's lost four on the trot so far. So that's how he's managed to squeeze in. Well, he squeezed in because of the Nigerian drum fight. Does a Nigerian drum fight have drums? Do you drum the other person's head? Is it a drum off? I literally have no idea. I do think Apollo Crews will win this, though. I don't think you can have 
such a big change in your character and then challenge somebody to be in your match, which is what it is. This is Apollo Crews' match. And then lose. I think that kind of buries yourself. It buries your character. Now, that's not to say that WWE wouldn't do something like this. I think we can all agree they probably would and maybe they will. And I don't want Big E to lose and I hope he wins it back quite soon afterwards. But I think in order to give the Apollo Crews character just a bit of justification, he needs to have the championship after losing so much. But it's another one that I'm just going to enjoy for the sake of it which you don't usually say about WrestleMania, which is why it's so strange. And talking of strange, didn't even mean to do that segue, how the flub is The Fiend versus Randy Orton a singles match? How is it a singles match? Surely there should be some stipulation. They've already burned each other on fire, or at least Randy has burned The Fiend on fire. So if he does it again, does he get DQ'd? Because that kind of, <laughs> kind of seems like weird booking. I think this is going to change. I think WWE from nowhere, maybe even on night one, is going to announce that there's some kind of a change. What that will be, I have no flubbing idea. But how can Randy Orton win this? Randy Orton tried to kill The Fiend and essentially did for a few weeks, a few months. And I think that The Fiend's meant to be the good guy, although I couldn't tell you that for sure. How it ends, I don't know. I mean, Bray Wyatt's just going to shoot Randy Orton right in the head. Maybe gets an axe and chops his head off. Because it's all about escalation, right? So you have to do something like Dark Knight here. But you have to do something in order to pay off what we've already seen. And I do respect the feud. I know I sound like a broken record. It's not for me. I really haven't got into it for one reason or another. But you don't you know, WWE is not making television for one bald idiot. They're making it based on, you know, millions of people. And I'm just happy they stuck with the storyline. It's been going on for a long time. Sure, it's a bit bizarre, but you can kind of make heads, uh, kind of make sense of it. So in that sense, I'm, I'm pleased that they've done this. But I think The Fiend has to win. I don't think an attempted murderer can get a win at WrestleMania, but you just never know. Uh, Oscar versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title falls into a similar category. How can you bring Rhea Ripley in a few weeks before WrestleMania and not have her win the title? We're meant to be making new stars here. And I think you have a real good opportunity to not only cement Bianca Belair, but cement Rhea Ripley as well. And the fact they're both on you know, the other shows just means you can set up a collision course down the line. And they're the last two in the Women's Royal Rumble, of course. It ticks so many boxes. I don't think you want to waste that. I think it'd be a really, really bad idea. And I love Oscar. I think Oscar is one of the best wrestlers in the world. But her title run hasn't been good. Not her fault. It hasn't been allowed to be good. She never. I think her last match was against Lavina Vega in like October for the title, which is absolutely for November or something. But that's absolutely redonkulous. So given that it's you know it has hasn't played out as expected, you don't want her to then go and beat Rhea Ripley because that does have an adverse effect on Rhea Ripley, especially because a lot of people will not know about Rhea Ripley in NXT because they don't watch NXT so you want to present her in the best fashion and she looks great and now you've got to prove to everyone she can go and we know that she can so I'm hoping it's nice and simple no shenanigans no gaga Rhea Ripley wins after one of her moves don't care pick whichever one you want and then you know you can run it back a backlash everybody will want to see it again but give her a lengthy title reign I'm changing a lot of belts so I'm changing the Smackdown women's title I'm changing the WWE title I'm changing the Raw title I'm changing the women's tag titles I've changed all the belts I have done. I'm changing the United States, the Intercontinental, and I've just changed Raw, and I'm just about to change the Universal Championship. One of these is wrong. <laughs> but I do think Daniel Bryan, uh, sorry, Edge is going to pin Daniel Bryan to win, which I know is the boring theory that everyone's come up with, but I don't have a problem with it. Sometimes it's a boring theory because it makes the most sense. But Edge finishing off this story and reclaiming a belt he never lost, I think is so poetic it is what you want to do, even if he is a bad guy now. And him going to be a bad guy has not been a problem because his rated R superstar character has been so good, I thought. 
But I like the idea of Roman Reigns not being the champion because I think you can send that persona absolutely nutty. Daniel Bryan, like a lot of people we've talked about on this list, can take losses because he's Daniel Bryan and we all love him regardless. He can do whatever he wants. He could look at you and spit you in the face, but if he just said something nice straight afterwards, you go, I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan. I didn't mean it. And somehow he'd make it feel like it was your fault. So I'm... I don't mind that at all. I, and I understand the reasoning for trying to protect Roman Reigns at the moment. It doesn't feel like the right time for someone to beat Roman Reigns, especially not in a triple threat match, and especially not someone like Edge and Daniel Bryan. I think you want to find a, a young up-and-comer at the relevant time to have that pin because he kind of does feel like end-of-level boss territory at the moment. So if you can get out of jail free here, I don't see why you wouldn't. Also, the build has actually been quite decent. Messy as well because Vince McMahon clearly keeps changing his mind. But they are quite literally three psychopaths that want to murder each other. And I'm sure on, I'm sure SmackDown went in with Roman standing tall, which doubly makes sense because Edge and Daniel Bryan have had their moments. And if Roman is going to lose the title, that's usually what WWE does. But I think this should be the main event of night two. I think, again, it'll be one of the best matches on the card. Definitely one of the most fun matches. And if, I mean, you know, forget everything else. If Edge does win that world championship back... And I guess the Universal Championship is essentially the World Heavyweight Belt. I think that's the one he, he had to retire. I can never remember. It's just awesome. And it just goes to show that you never know. What is it, like 10 years later or whatever it is? I think that's flipping excellent. That's just that's a storyline that you can't, you can't manufacture. Like, it's completely based in reality. As is the fact that Roman Reigns almost had to go away because of his leukemia. Edge did have to go away. Daniel Bryan had to go away. But they were all able to come back and now stand in this match. And it kind of ties into what we mentioned earlier. It's a shame we didn't have more time to try and tell that story because I just think it's, again, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't, can't manufacture this stuff. Nobody will believe it as much. I do like as well that apparently the reason Daniel Bryan was added to this match is because people were scared Edge may get booed and Roman Reigns may get cheered. I mean, the irony of that, the irony of you, you spent years trying to get cheered and then you make huge changes to your main event because you don't want the guy to get cheered. This is your fault. I sometimes get mad because I'm a massive nerd and geek and deep down don't actually care at all. I'm being massively over the top. But after he'd beaten Undertaker at WrestleMania 33 and stood in the ring on Raw for 10 minutes, everyone booed him and they went, it's my yard now. Imagine after that he had just become the tribal chief character, head of the table. Oh, and maybe it wouldn't have worked. Again, it ties into what we mentioned earlier. You just don't know, but it feels like it would have worked and it gets me very excited. So yeah, it's a massive... It's not a shame. We got there eventually, but it just feels like it would be a cool thing to do. So yeah, on paper absolutely awesome card in terms of trying to enjoy match by match not every single title is going to change so i'm desperately trying to think where i've gone what i've gone wrong there and you've got the under the giant memorial battle royal and uh the four-way tag team match as well the, on the on the wrestlemania smackdown which is going down either tonight or tomorrow night depending on when i get this live so it's a busy few days and it's been a busy last couple of days as well we've already mentioned the hall of fame i thought it was fine uh, it is what it is. It needs fans really to, to make it work. But we also had AEW in the first night of Stand and Deliver, NXT, which were both, well, no, that's not entirely fair. NXT Stand and Deliver, I thought was tremendous. Walter versus Champa was just an absolute riot with the story that they told. Um, and there was just so much good in it. Raquel Gonzalez and the Kushida match, Pete Dunne, just, just awesome. Bronson Reed, you know, top, top stuff. NXT TakeOver is just, they rarely drop the ball. And we've got night two tomorrow as well. And I thought the AEW show was okay, but it was just a little bit lackluster. I don't really understand the criticism about the main event. Most people go, oh, I don't understand all this New Japan stuff. I get that it's from New Japan, but I do think that WWE has, WWE, that AEW has done a good job in explaining it. Like over the last few weeks, you've had Don Callis talking about the relationship with Omega and how Omega came in here to do this. And I kind of, I don't, I don't think that it's, um, 
I don't think it's too confusing. A lot of confusing stuff is happening on Dynamite at the moment, but I don't think that's it. And I much prefer the Young Bucks being bad guys because I think it just adds an extra layer to the story rather than just how we're really goody-goody two-shoes. It falls apart a bit because I don't know why they can't find themselves and they're so upset when they're the tag team champions. That kind of proves, you know, just by itself that they've still got the, um, they've still got the power. But yeah, it's um, it, it just... It feels like we're heading somewhere and we're not quite there yet. I thought the Inner Circle promo with Chris Jericho was awesome. I liked the beatdown too. The Mike Tyson stuff made me laugh. I'd actually read about that first and thought maybe it was a little bit silly, but then I watched it and I thought, no, that's fun. That's just, that's just fun, fun stuff. I do think the Blood and Guts match being in like a month and a half feels a bit early because the feud's only just started, but I guess they want to pop a big rating and it's not like I'm not going to enjoy it. But yeah, there was just certain, like the Hangman Page Max Caster match wasn't bad, but it was just like, well, it's okay. Uh, Lucha Express versus Bear Country, same kind of thing, fun, enjoyed it. You know, people get so mad at me, why didn't you give it a down? Like, you don't give a down to something that's only okay. You give a down to something that's absolutely crap, and I watched it and I enjoyed myself. It just felt like something was a little bit off kilter. Even the best friends coming out to uh, stare down uh, Death Triangle. So why are we doing this now? Surely we do this after the tag team match next week for the titles because we're getting uh, Pac and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks. So there was a lot going on. Not all of it kind of, yeah, it's sprung out at me like this is the, this makes all the sense in the world. But I do feel like we're going somewhere. I do feel like we have a plan. But it was one of those dynamites when I got to the end and I wasn't massively enthused. The thing I am excited about is this The Factory, the QT Marshall group, mostly because of Anthony Agogo. I love Anthony Agogo. Obviously, he's from here in, in, in Britain. He used to be a boxer. Had to retire or give it up, whatever you want to call it, because he suffered an eye injury. And then to sort of reshape your career and end up in America and about to debut on AEW, I thought, I think is absolutely wonderful. And I like the fact that AEW has all these factions. Again, something I seem to be alone with. But in real life, if you could have a buddy, you'd have a buddy. And also, that's what sport is. <laughs> I know there's tennis and I know there's, oh, there'd be a thousand other sports I can't even think about now, a bunch of sports. But you still have coaches and you still have teammates. Like take something like UFC. They you know they 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 have uh, schools and stuff and they have camps. So and dojos. I don't I don't understand you cannot have too many stables for me. Especially in a post WCW world where WWE, fair play to them, this is their decision, they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want, weren't too high on groups. To now actually have everybody in a stable where they try and protect themselves and will pop up and pop down. I'm all for it, man. Of course there's always you can always have too much of something look at the nwo but i don't think we're anywhere near there yet maybe we i mean not even maybe we do need to kind of take a step back a little bit with every match ending in a brawl or somebody running in or there being a distraction i understand it we need a bit more uh we need to just need to tighten it up a little bit but at least you can always say well of course you know house hardy would do that they're in the hardy faction or of course the dark order would do that or sting sting with his son darby allen even when he's not around if somebody tries to to flub around with darby sting comes out with his bat and he makes sure he sorts it and i just like that i think it rewards you for watching the show i think it gives the stories a little bit more depth give me more I mean, what have we got? I'm never going to get them all. We've got the Elite, obviously. We've got the Nightmare Factory, or the Nightmare, sorry, whatever Cody's group is called. Uh, then you've got the Factory, and you've got the Hardys, and you've got the Dark Order. I'm probably going to repeat myself here, to be, to be honest. Then you've got the Best Friends. Then you've got Death Triangle. I'm not going to count Moxley and Kingston because there's only two of them. I feel like you need to have at least three to be, a, to be a trio team. I'm probably missing one, or a lot, to be honest. But that's seven. 
Having seven factions in a show is is too crazy. And it's also a really smart way to get more people on TV. Don't forget, that's probably why they do it, in the sense they want to try and grow as many stars as possible. And a really good way to do that is, you know, if you're in Matt Hardy's team, but you don't have a match, and Matt Hardy's team is booked to be on the show, then magically you get to be on the show. And I know, I realize I missed the inner circle and the pinnacle. I know. <laughs> you're already mad, but I got there in the end. So those two minutes you just had of raging are gone. So that's nine. Let's just round it up to ten because I'm sure I've forgotten somebody else. I still don't think it's too much. I just don't. It all depends on how you use them on television. And at the moment, I don't, you know, should we maybe be focusing on fewer guys to get them over a bit more? Yes, probably. But I still think it's an entertaining show. Even when it's somewhat mediocre, I still walk away entertained. And again, if you haven't seen NXT stand and deliver night one, you've got to go and watch it. And this is the one that people said looked worse on paper than night two. So imagine what we're going to get later. So it is an awesome week for wrestling. I am excited about WrestleMania. It's two nights. Usually I stay up. Like, do I want to stay up for two nights? But I'll I'll play it by ear. Um, I think that's everything when it comes to wrestling. I don't think there's any, any major news or anything like that. I'm sure there has been now and I've forgotten it. So instead, we will wrap up the podcast with some questions. And we start off with Dari who says, would you like to see Walter go to the main roster? He has star written all over him, but I feel like Vince wouldn't get him. A Survivor Series where he got the loudest crowd response, but was the first person eliminated. It kind of showed that. Hope your eye is better, Simon. It's not, but thank you very much. I will also point out that the... A uh, gap that you will not have heard then has transitioned me from Thursday to Friday. So I have seen NXT take over night two and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And night one and night two together are an absolutely fantastic pay-per-view that actually benefit from being separated into two shows because it's just easier to watch. But I think Finn Balor is ridiculous. Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed was just crazy fun. Mad ladder match. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, absolutely crazy Mother Hubbard's top stuff, top, top stuff. In terms of Walter, because of course he was on night one, that's what triggered my brain. I'm pretty sure it was Walter's decision. I think he asked to go out first. I can't remember now, but he had some weird opinion on multi-man matches. This is why I like Walter. He's quite the unique, he's quite the unique cat and he sees wrestling in a very specific way, hence why he doesn't want to move to America. He wants to stay in Europe or Germany or whatever. That's just what he likes to do. He's a man unto himself, which I can always respect. I do know what you mean, though, because there were all these rumors that Vince McMahon didn't like the fact that Keith Lee wasn't a super-duper crazy shape. That was absolutely... Who cares, man? All, all people should come in shapes and sizes when it comes to wrestling. I don't think he ever will go to the main roster because I don't think he wants to. But I would love to. I would love to see it. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out. Well, we've seen that a thousand times. So what does it matter? Uh, Josh says after NXT Takeover, what do you see going forward in terms of title feuds? Personally, I would book it as follows: uh, Carry On Cross versus Kyle O'Reilly. I said that on my ups and downs video, so I agree. Gargano versus Champa. No, nah, I don't really want to go back to that. Uh, I don't know what direction you do go in, but I don't want to see that at the moment. Raquel Gonzalez versus Zoe Starks or Zia Lee. Yep, you could do that. MSK versus GYV, two out of three falls. You could do that as well. And Escobar versus Ruff. I can see Escobar versus Ruff. I mean, we need to work Bronson Reed into there somewhere. Of course, he can't go against Johnny Gargano again. Maybe he does something with Adam Cole. Maybe Adam Cole goes to the main roster. I don't know. It all, it all depends. You know, I don't think... Io Shirai, I can see going to the main roster. I think the women's division would use uh, would benefit from a freshening up after WrestleMania. But I don't think Adam Cole needs to go. I, I think, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, I don't think he's going to thrive there through no fault of his own. So, and it's, a good, it's an interesting one. I think we need to see what happens next week, especially because the show moves to Tuesdays. Is that going to change the way they book? Because they feel less inclined to rush things 
to try and pop a rating. It's exciting after WrestleMania. There's a lot going on. Uh, my man Lawrence says, when will Simon return to the Ministry of Slam or when will Ministry of Slam invade your podcast? Lawrence, I don't know if you listen to this or not. I'm going to text you as soon as we're done. I didn't get back to Lawrence's message because this is when I had my stomach virus and I hated the world. <laughs> Nothing was working. But yes, please do go check out the Ministry of Slam, of Slam podcast. I'm pretty sure they're on Twitter, at Ministry of Slam. Uh, it's, uh, it's where I got my first start, I guess you could argue or, or, or say, when it comes to wrestling media. And it's a really good show. Lawrence and Lee are really, really good people. They will have you entertained, so make sure you check them out. Uh, my man Shreddy Breck says, how big is Batiste? And of course, he means Batista's dick. I can't answer that. And Julia Hardy also says, where do you put your penis out of danger when you're wrestling? I mean, it's just in danger, Julia. You just, you just have to hope and keep everything crossed. And sometimes it goes really badly. Let's get back on to more kosher topics. Amy Gets Lit says, no question this week. I just want to thank you for keeping me company through the podcast and YouTube during the past 14 months. I've been quarantining. Your positivity is greatly appreciated and made the hard days not quite so bad. Amy, that means the world to me. I am my biggest critic and sometimes I worry about my own content, but knowing that it is having some sort of effect puts a smile on my face. So thank you very much. And I promise to be more consistent once I sort my life out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bionic Elbow Wrestling says, which Mania match do you think will be the most surprising? Oh, I mean, I guess surprise. I guess you wouldn't be surprised by Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton because you presume it's going to be nuts. Most surprising. That's a really interesting question. I don't know if I have an answer. I, I don't think I'm going to be surprised by anything. But I will go, I, I, I will go with New Day versus Omos and AJ Styles because I think we're all going to be very impressed with Omos so therefore we will be surprised because a lot of people are down on him Cannon says with the triple threat match for the Universal Championship at Mania being the most unpredictable match on the card what other matches do you remember being unpredictable I remember questioning what was going to happen at Wrestlemania 31 with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar just because it wasn't marrying up at all with what WWE wanted so I thought well that's going to be fascinating so that would be one there's got to be other ones. I mean, it's really difficult without going through a card. Um, but there must be other matches that you you question at the time, even though in hindsight, that's one I probably need to sit down and think about. Maybe some will pop into my brain as I continue to talk. Uh, also says, first off, my wife and I love the show and the YouTube content. Thank you for it. Or thank you for you for being nice. And my question is, who do you think Hope will be debuting after WrestleMania? Io Shirai would be a good one, if that counts as a debut. Depends how you see the NXT WWE system. As long as she's used right, of course. Otherwise, I don't really know who else they have. Again, you could do Adam Cole, but I've made my thoughts clear on that. There's all these rumors running wild now that maybe Becky Lynch is back. Doesn't count as a debut, but if my point being, if you're going to bring Becky Lynch back at either WrestleMania or Raw or SmackDown, whatever you want to do, you do not uh, bring anybody else back because they're massively going to be overshadowed. So I don't really know if they have anybody sort of good to go at the moment. But maybe I'm not thinking right. I don't know. Harine says, Simon, great to see you have time to do this with such a busy schedule this week. I'm not going to lie, Harine. I've watched so much wrestling. I, I may have had a moment earlier today. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch any more wrestling. <laughs> it's only because I watched five hours worth today, which is a lot, but I am very appreciative of my job. And of course, Harine has her daily proclamation of my love for Kenny Omega as usual. Do you think the Elite Bullet Club storyline is becoming convoluted? Have a great day. That's a good question. My answer is no. But I did take a moment to kind of take a step back and think about this because I saw a lot of people tweeting about it. And am I like... 
Because I never used to watch a lot of the New Japan stuff when it was the Elite and Omega and Ibushi. I knew about it, but I just didn't really have access to it, so I didn't watch it. So I was then thinking, would this be confusing for someone that had no context whatsoever? And I think they've explained it well enough. I think that's what Don Callis' job has been. And, you know, last week he was talking, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, saying, oh, you turned your back on the Bucks. I think the problem... Uh, Omega, I should say. I think the problem is that they are the tag team champions. That's the issue. And because they're the tag team champions, it's kind of hard to believe they're down on their luck because they're on the top of the game. But no, I think they've explained it well enough. Maybe you get a bit more nuance and a bit more nostalgia because you've watched it in New Japan. But I'm going to watch it a bit more closely next week. It's a very, very good point, And I think it's something I need to look into. Uh, Mohammed says, the almighty Bobby or head of the table Roman, who would win if they had a feud? It would be good now because they have much more defined characters. It all depends on when it happens, right? I mean, now you'd assume Roman reigns because I think uh, that WWE sees him higher on the hierarchy than Bobby Lashley. But there's every chance if Bobby Lashley gets a second title run later in the year that that could change depending on where Roman is. So yeah, it all depends on the time, but right now Roman reigns. Mike says, is Ty Conte bigger than wrestling after her NXT segment be AEW and her AEW segment be NXT? Uh, I'm going to go with yes. I don't care about ratings, but I do like your point. You, it's, it's quite, ratings are just nuts. Claire, because it isn't on the card, I keep fantasy booking Brock Lesnar to interrupt the Universal title match with a betrayal against Roman from Heyman. How wrong am I? Well, you're very wrong, Claire, but I hope you're right because... If anything like that did go down, it would tie into the surprise we were talking about earlier. And I think we'd all have a great, great time, even though then people would start moaning. But I always like a good comeback. Uh, ben says, do you think China will ever be put in the WWE Hall of Fame by herself? I don't know. I mean, the WWE Hall of Fame is... I really don't mind who does go in and who doesn't from a do-they-deserve-it standpoint. And I also don't buy into this rhetoric that you can't put China in because if somebody Googles her name, they're going to find her in pornography or whatever she did. I mean, you can do that with a lot of wrestlers that are in the Hall of Fame. Not necessarily pornography, but find things that could be determined as controversial. So I hope so. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, aside from obvious reasons, but I hope so. Because even though she wasn't there for a, a huge amount of time, her impact was great. She still has lots of fans and lots of people that looked up to her. So it'd be nice if she could get that nod, right? Especially for her family. MSK, do you think Matt Hardy versus Dark Order should be a stadium stampede match at Double or Nothing? Also, do you think AEW is going to announce a trios championship? I think the trios championship is on the way, only because they've mentioned they want to do it before, and then they, they even use the term trios on Dynamite, which maybe they do all the time, and I've just never picked up on it. But something about it stood out to me this week, so yes. As for a stadium stampede match, no. I don't think that's something you need to go back to. You're never going to be able to top the original one. It's more than likely not going to be as good. That's me just saying the same thing twice. My answer is I think we should come up with something new if we were going to do if we were going to do something with that. Uh, Hamas says, will there be more WWE cross AEW crossovers in the future? And what do you think of a program between Don Callis and Paul Heyman? Well, their promo offs would be excellent. Look, this, the Chris Jericho thing, which I guess we should have talked about in the news section, but this is why sometimes it's good to forget. I think it's very smart business by everybody involved. Of course, it helps AEW because getting your name out there is never a bad thing. But it also does help WWE because they want people to sign up and subscribe to Peacock and get those numbers rocking and rolling. And they're probably going to have a good WrestleMania weekend anyway. 
But now you know they're going to have a double good weekend because most wrestling fans are going to watch that Jericho thing. They put a one-minute clip up on their YouTube channel just saying, you know, Chris Jericho's favorite opponents. It's done like 700,000 views in 24 hours. So you've got to imagine the episode itself will do well. And I don't think... There'll be a few because there always will be. But the vast majority of people that want to watch that are already aware that AEW exists. And I don't think all of a sudden there's going to be a mad rush. I don't think it gives them crazy awareness, although I'd love it to do so. I've said it time and time again. I want WWE to do better. I want AEW to be better. Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, whoever. I want everybody to smash it. But I think it's quite a calculated risk by WWE. However, I don't care because it's fun for us, the fans. And as long as I'm happy... You know, I want everyone else to be happy too, but I can't control that. So I just worry about my own happiness. Eleanor says, what are your overall thoughts on NXT TakeOver? I hope you're enjoying WrestleMania week so far. I am Eleanor. Too much today for me. <laughs> but it's only because I've watched so much this week and I am kidding. I thought it was brilliant. Like I say, it was two amazing nights. There's not a bad performer throughout. Um, I had to go through night one quite quickly just because, again, I was running out of time. But I can't even think of a down that I get it in an ups and downs context. I'm sure there is something I'm not thinking of, but absolutely excellent. The roster is awesome. I'm kind of glad they've moved to Tuesday, so hopefully this mudslinging can stop because I don't really think it benefits. But yeah, terrific, genuinely. Uh, his Excellency, <laughs> which is fantastic. After NXT TakeOver, is it the right time to give Finn Balor a proper world title run? My friend, it was the right time to give Finn Balor a world title run three years ago so i hope so do i think it's going to happen probably not chris kaufman which wrestler would make the best workout buddy always triple h my inspiration for doing it uh, macaulay says what do we think of the uk government looking at wrestling to be made an official sport well they didn't really say that although i've only gone through it a little bit i am uh, trying to read up about it more i think what they're saying is is that they want training to be considered a sport and they want the actual art of doing wrestling in front of a crowd to be treated like a performance and that's good because it comes with funding and it comes with safety measures and it comes with uh, checks and all these things that wrestling needs it needs to be more regulated that's you know we need to protect people that are going to get into it so it sounds very positive and promising and let's hope it uh, heads in the right direction t on a b says i'm going to see mortal kombat at the weekend which wrestlers would you cast as mortal kombat characters Oh, man. I mean, you got to put Kofi Woods and Xavier... Kofi Woods. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods in there because they'd feel devastated. Now, they can be Scorpion and Sub-Zero. They've already proved that they are. They're walking down that road. Uh, the Miz could be Johnny Cage. Absolutely. Who could be Raiden? Why, for some reason in my head, Batista would be Raiden. <laughs> I don't even know why. Kano. Who's got a thing where you rip out somebody's heart? I don't know, Cody? I put Cody as Kano. I don't even know now. I'm just saying stuff. Kenny Omega's got to be somebody as well because he'll be devastated. Goro. We'll make Kenny Omega Goro. I don't even know why. Uh, Maverick says, would you rather take a chop across the chest from Walter or take a kendo shot to the back by Tommy Dreamer? Dude, a kendo stick. It's bad. I've taken chops that are 30% as vicious as the ones Walter gives. You do you don't want to you don't want to go through that. It cannot be good. Kevin, how do you stay so positive about wrestling with the world being so flipping crazy? 2021, uh sorry, these last couple of years is making every day hard to stay upbeat. Well, Kevin, the first thing is to ensure that you don't beat your up beat yourself up about feeling that way. It's perfectly normal and you're not going to be alone. Um and I have those days too, of course I do. But the the well, A, I really like wrestling, so that helps. But it is my appreciation for my job and appreciation for the career that I have fallen into and worked very hard for. I'm not going to pretend. I put a lot of hours in. 
but that doesn't necessarily relate to anything. But I always feel very blessed to do what I do. So, of course, there are some times before I put the camera on, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be hard, like we all do, no matter what we're doing, sort of in our personal or professional lives. But nine times out of 10 or 90% of the time, I always remind myself, if you had told me this was going to be my job when I was a kid, I would have done backflips. So I always try and be very uh, conscious of that. And it's a great motivator and it's a great way to make you go, well, it could be worse. I mean, my bad day, like today is a pretty tough day, not a bad day, but a very tough day. I had to watch like, you know, again, five hours of wrestling and then write scripts for NXT, write scripts for Impact, doing the podcast now. I have all these other videos to do for my own YouTube channel. But how cool is that? Like, what a cool thing to do. It doesn't mean it's not hard. and doesn't mean sometimes it doesn't drag you down. But I'm a very lucky guy, and I think it's important to keep your feet on the ground and stay humbled, which is where the positivity comes from, even though, of course, sometimes I have negative days. Chris, what single wrestling move do you mark out for every time you see it and why? Well, the RKO I always enjoy, and the End of Days by Baron Corbin. It's because they look cool and they're impactful moves. Uh, wrestles and rugby. There you go. What, which moves carries the highest danger of making a wrestler shit themselves on impact? <laughs> Rolling right on through to the next question. Uh, Stuart says the best and worst opening matches of WrestleMania. I think mean, I'm going to do worst. Best would be Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. I really like Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, I had another one that I've just forgotten because my brain is the worst thing ever. Damn it, brain. <laughs> I had one. I was going to do three, and then I thought it would be a natural way to move on. I can't remember because I'm a moron. Uh, Six Times says, now that the Wednesday Night War is over, what's your overall thoughts? Was it good for wrestling or has the toxic atmosphere ruined it? No, I mean, you're always going to get the vocal minority, and they're not going to go away now. You know, they're not going to go anywhere just because... Um, there's not a direct competition. We all know this. I think it's great for the industry. Competition breeds creativity. It breeds uh, competition. Obviously, <laughs> competition breeds competition. What I mean is it gives wrestlers a place to work. Uh, and you can always ignore the toxic stuff. It does get harder and harder. But no, I think it's been great. I think it kind of injected some life back into wrestling. And I hope from this point on, NXT can culminate a bigger, culminate a bigger audience and AEW. And I'm excited to see what's next. But I do think that it's better there on different nights because hopefully it allows them to, to both grow, to both grow better. Uh, Sam says, which three people would you pick to move to NXT next week on a similar way to how Finn did to potentially restart their careers? Well, Dolph Ziggler, absolutely. Uh, you know, he just needs a different, uh, to a change of scenery at the moment. Otherwise, uh, potentially Baron Corbin. That's not his fault, but it get, you know, being the third wheel in a WrestleMania feud is never, is never great. So maybe someone like Baron Corbin. And then the last person, maybe Chad Gable. And then when they come back to the roster, they can feel rejuvenated. It's a shame that we have to do that, but I think that it would, uh, I think that it would help. Uh, Ed Halsley says, what did you make of Moxley taking the L to Barnett? I didn't care much for it. Well, dude, I didn't actually know the result of that. Not saying you spoiled it for me. I just wasn't able to get around to it so far. But yeah, Bloodsport, I'll check it out later. I'm surprised, but I'm sure there's a reason for it. I need to see the match. You know, you need to have the context of the thing. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll check it out. Real Soz says, would you ever want to wrestle a 40-minute match if you got to lie on the floor as much as Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly? I like that match. I thought it was excellent. You got to sell the move. 
moves. I don't know whether I could do a 40-minute match, but I would absolutely, absolutely try. Uh, Daniel says, when would you have Wardlow turn on MJF and how would you book it? I would do it exactly. This is going to wind people up. I would do it exactly like uh, Triple H and Batista and their WrestleMania 21 build. When, I don't know, it all depends on when you know you've got the room and the and the time to do it. Because all it takes is a few teases to get. People will want that now already. So you can do it whenever the hell you want. So, But I would do exactly the same. Take the time. Don't rush it. Little winks and nudges to the camera. They're together, they're not together, together, they're not together. And then boom, you know, you pull the trigger and you get a great response. So, I mean, honestly, you can do it now because they've been together long enough. You would just need to start planting those seeds. And I think Wardlow has a massive future ahead of him. I think he's going to be great. In a way, it's almost better that he kind of fades away to the background at the moment because then when he is front and center, it will feel more exciting. You're not going to overexpose him. But that's a great feud. That's a great feud right there and genuinely one that I'm looking forward to. Spencer says, how much sleep have you had this week? Not very much, my friend, but it's all good. Uh, the one true Aaron, Aaron says, as a wrestler learning the tricks of the trade, do you find your enjoyment lessened when you saw the shortcuts, e.g. pinned wrestlers keeping their eyes open when it's a two count? Well, no, because that's a personal choice. I have never done that. And I am one of the wrestlers who likes to guess, essentially, or feel it, as they say. So, you know, get your shoulder off the mat at the right time. So, no, I mean... Shortcuts is not the right word. There's things that you learn that help you, but they're of benefit to your performance. So I certainly wouldn't uh, put them in a negative uh, context. Uh, Slum Boss says, is wrestling good? I shall say yes. Iris Wrestling Entertainment says, a chop from Walter or Roman Reigns looking disappointed at you. I can never accept the Walter chop, ever. I can never accept the Walter chop. Dave McKenzie, why do wrestlers still lie about their heights? Because it makes them feel, sound like bigger and more impressive people. It just makes perfect sense. It's why most wrestling boots come with a heel in the shoe because it makes you like a more imposing figure and that will always help you in the world of wrestling. Where am I going next? We'll do a few more. Tom, what would be your dream match if Brock Lesnar returned at Raw? Well, Drew Mac uh, well, no, not Drew Mac. Yeah, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre was going to win, but probably Roman Reigns. I know you said Raw, but you want to see Roman Reigns versus Brock again, but with Paul Heyman in that position, I think it will be quite uh, interesting. Chris Noyce, when do you plan to sleep? Tuesday after Raw. <laughs> then I shall go to sleep. Black, who do you think should defeat Walter? It's a great question. Is there anyone even in NXT UK? I mean, Rampage would have been one, but obviously we've just done that and it didn't go down. I, I really don't know. I, I've got no answers. It's, it's kind of good because you've created this monster. So when you do come up with an answer, it's going to be great. I just don't have that answer. Pippi Longsticking. Do you think scripted or ad-lib promos are better? I think it completely depends on the wrestler. Uh, King Enrique. King Enrique says, when are you facing Sammy Callahan at Impact Wrestling? Well, I don't know whether Impact wants to book it, but hopefully Sammy will still want to book it in his own promotion. The answer is I don't know. We're going to have to wait until the borders open up. It's probably going to be a little bit, but fingers crossed. It does happen because that was uh, very sad almost a year ago today. Andy, do you think if Eddie Guerrero, Owen Hart, was still around today that they would have become trainers? Would they help with the decline of wrestling? Man, there's a lot of negativity today. I don't think they would have made a difference to the... I don't think there is a decline in wrestling. I mean, it's not as big as it wants, but it's, it's a bit much. I don't think Eddie... I think Owen Hart, probably not, but Eddie Guerrero, probably so, just of the tales that we've been told. But who knows? That's the question. We don't know. Snobkey says, should Layla Hurst join Team Taz? I'm going to say yes. I think that's a really good idea. And we will pick one more. 
and we will go for Captain Obvious with a nice obvious question as well. What match are you most looking forward to at WrestleMania 37? And it's probably Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. You know, I've been watching those guys ever since they were on the independent scene and I'm a big, uh, I'm a sucker for journeys <laughs> and things like that. And to know that they get to do it one more time on WrestleMania. I mean, that's proper wildest dream stuff. So it inspires me as well. And I find it motivating. And I think they have a great match. And I don't even care that Logan Paul is involved. Not really the biggest Logan Paul fan, but I understand why WWE is doing it. But I'm like, hey, ho, like the Miz and Morrison. It's like, it's all good. It's all good. So I look forward to that muchly. But I do think it's going to be a good show. Build not so great. Um, think that the show itself will be will be awesome. And on that note, we shall wrap it up. I do intend to get one done as soon as I can after WrestleMania. And I will apologize for my schedule once again. It's just been a pretty hard time is the complete truth, but it's nice to be transparent. Otherwise, enjoy the weekend. If you haven't seen NXT, try and catch up with it. If you can, you will enjoy it. But yes, WrestleMania obviously tomorrow, WrestleMania Sunday, then we move straight into Raw. So we've got three pretty, hopefully, good days of wrestling with some surprises, as we touched upon. But I will definitely talk to you next week. Thank you again to patrons for always supporting me and allowing me to do this. And I guess I will talk to you post-WrestleMania 37.